Welcome to Season 3, Episode 8 of the Press Play and Run Podcast with me, Ryan Miller, and my co-host, Alison Jardin. How are you, Alison? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good, thank you. Cracking episode lined up today. Got Sophie Laidlaw coming up. We have had another busy week of training. You've been racing. You've been winning trophies and accolades left, right and centre. I've been slogging my way around Glasgow. This is just the difference in levels between our running. So <laughs> we're going to kick off, as always. Let's deal with the sort of training block before we get to your glory so that we can revel in how fabulous you are. How is your training going for London? It's actually going really well. I was saying this to somebody last night at the running club. I mean, we've, I, I'm obviously, I share it on my social media all the time, but I think my training's changed a lot this time in terms of it's a lot higher mileage, but it's because it's more sensible and just being a bit more flexible as well. I think for me, it seems to all be coming together in touch with no injuries. So I think I'm doing everything right just now. You and I have had more conversations about Zone 2 in the last two weeks than I think we've had in the three or four years that we've known each other now. I know, and it's like actually crazy now that, you know, normally on Garmin's and Strava's and everything, you come home to look at your pace. Now I'm like, oh, am I in the sexy pace zone too? Yeah, yeah. I had a fair bit of feedback actually off just a story that I put up about it the other day because it popped up. Strava has that one year ago today feature thing that most of the social platforms have. And it flagged up a run, the identical run that I did a year before. And I saw it and it was like 30 mm-hmm. seconds difference per K in the pace, yet the heart rate was easier. And it just, that, so I put up a post about that saying, you know, you don't see that, you just don't see the benefit of that kind of work over a week or two weeks, or sometimes even over a block. It is definitely over a sustained period of time, but I am really, really feeling the benefits of it now. It is, and I think for you especially, like your training's obviously going well and like you say, you can, it is reflected in the stats, but also what you've seen lately, and especially the last month, is your your race times and you know your set distances coming down, which is like great to see. Yeah, and I'm going to I'm going to caveat it by saying the but side of this because sometimes I think people get fixated on the zone two stuff, but just the zone two stuff. The zone two stuff has paid major dividends because it's allowed the hard days to be brutal. Yeah, you know the pace sessions have been like want to be sick nearly bleeding out the eyeballs two track sessions or two speed sessions a week on top of so the easy running has been complemented by some really hard stuff i've where i've cut back and i think probably where you've cut back is the junk miles it's the stuff that's neither anaerobic or aerobic it's the stuff just that floats in that dead zone in the middle i've really cut back on that in this block despite increasing my mileage which is much the same as you i think yeah it is it's really interesting because i mean it's something that i've done for years and like you say, it's only now that I think we're kind of, well, you read more. There's more out there as well. There's studies. There's, you know, even elite athletes now share a little bit more about their training yeah. and coaches and things. And I do, I've I, that's where I've noticed a huge difference because like you say, your body's then recovered to allow you to turn up to the track or whatever session it is and give it your all. And yep. that's to me the big difference anyway. Yeah, and it, we're seeing it at the Press Playing Run Club with the long runs. So again, 54 people on Sunday um, there. And I think we've got good news coming on the bag drop. It won't be this week, but for the following sessions, I think we're going to be sorted. And it shouldn't mean for um, a massive change in terms of where we meet or anything like it. So we'll bring details to people as soon as we've got it all nailed down. But in the, the long run group, there's such a diversity of pace groups that we were speaking about. We often speak about party at the back and we speak about the the the, inclu- the inclusive nature of the run. Your pace doesn't matter. 
but we're seeing a bit of a shift as well at the front mm-hmm. end of the pace groups. And on Sunday there, we had a 230-something marathoner with a sub-three marathoner with people that for the first time I was clinging on to. And they, don't get me wrong, they were on their easy run. So that's why they'd already <laughs> done their hard miles. I was literally just clinging on it uh, t- to their back. But because of that easy running that we've been doing, I was able to, again, increase the mileage in terms of my marathon pace, miles within my long run. And it's all just, it's all pointing well towards London. Different mm-hmm. variety, different focus. But I'm loving seeing the big variety of pace groups. And I know you've noticed it as well. You're seeing some the whole spectrum of paces now at the run club and everybody's doing bits of the marathon pace and whatever's on their plan. Yeah, and I think it was what we always hoped it would be where it is, it's amazing that we've got just in general completely different paces from like the speedy people at the front. Um, Then, you know, you've got the people who are there for distance. Then you've got the people that just want to turn up now because it's become the Sunday social run. They're there for coffee. Yeah, they're for the coffee and the cake like me. But, what I'm also liking seeing is that people are now using when we post, which will be today, um, you know, this is a plan, sort yourselves out. People are now like, yeah, I've got this or I've actually got this. I need to increase here or, you know, and that's what it was. It was always meant yeah. to be an opportunity for people to use the group for a run or as part of your marathon long run or whatever it needed to be and I think just seeing that's great because it means that you've got the company and someone to push you and that's exactly what happened for you on Sunday and you got a a brilliant run out of it so yeah please keep doing it and people have heard me before mentioning the sort of core team around the podcast that have helped from day one of all of this with events and with um, meetups and all, all of that and that's a small group and it's always stayed a small group but what we also did this week was extend that out a bit for the Press Playing Run Club. So created a group chat. Susan put out a message in the Facebook space asking if anybody wanted to take on a bit more of a leadership role. And I think the proof will be in the pudding over the next few weeks because I segue in here, but we're moving into race season. Um, we're starting to have things in the calendar. I've not signed up for a ton, but they do come quite close together. So I've got Down by the River, which will be a, a week from now, a week mm-hmm. or a week and a half away. And then the following week, we've got 20 along the 4th and we've got the Aloha half as the next day. Um, so I, I think I'll still be at the run club on the Sunday doing some kind of run anyway, but I know lots of our group will be in Aloha. But with this race calendar coming up, the proof is going to be in the pudding if we've got this right culturally, that this becomes everybody's run and not just my run and your run. Or, mm-hmm. you know, this is not a, if I'm not there, this can't happen. I know how much people are getting from the group, but now it needs to work in operation. So even if one of us can't be there to start it, we've got a slightly wider group now that will just keep things ticking over. The culture is so important to me. I've said it before to you as well. It needs to be what it is now. It needs to be that in terms of atmosphere welcoming we need people to be on hand to make sure everybody's settled but we'll see how it goes we can only try i'm quite keen actually to take my hand off the tiller a bit and let that become the community's run and not mine yeah i think we've always we always hoped it would go that way and like you say it's it is coming up to that point now where there's and it's it's races it's high rocks it's people possibly going away for easter weekend like it's just coming up to that point mother's day um and just 
or even people starting to go on holidays. So don't feel bad that you you miss a run because, you know, we're going to because everyone's got things on and racing and other things are important as part of the, the marathon plan, too. But, yeah, I really hope that between the extended group and just everyone that comes along, like use the space that Facebook group's there for a reason. Yeah. So keep like we don't have to be there, but let's keep it going because it's something great that people look forward to. Yeah, yeah. And race season is exciting as well. So, you know, this is why this is why a lot of us train. It's not why everybody trains, but this is certainly why I train. I train with a goal in mind. London is the goal. Everything else in the run-up is part of getting to London and part of that sort of target setting. So that was another exciting thing we had to do this week was to confirm our um, projected times for London. So I think everybody who's doing it had to do that, had to confirm it. So I put mine out yes. there today online. So I'm training for a 308. That's what my plan is set around. I'm training in, in mind for sub 310, but 308 is what my plan's been set at. That's what I'm pushing for. It would be a massive PB. It will be a big ask, but I reiterate what I said in the post that I put out. My first aim is actually to finish it strong, to remember it, to take it in, and not to come away from a London marathon going, I wish I'd actually taken a bit more of that in. I want to learn from the likes of some of your experiences. Yeah, and I don't really want to see your bleedy nipples again, so... <laughs> Without context from many listeners, I'm just going to leave that sitting there. <laughs> it's just what I do. Sometimes it's because uh, I run. <laughs> uh, no, I you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. And it's the one thing I always say to people, no matter what marathon it is, is enjoy it. But yeah. for London, absolutely enjoy it because... It could be the one time you do it. It might not be, but it's amazing. And if there was one, if people ask me this all the time. If there was one Madison, the only one you could ever do, I always say London because it's something very, very special. Yeah, and I'm not going to put you in the spot and ask you for a target time. I know how well you're running. What I am going to ask you to speak to him about is the success that you're having on the lead up because I think since we last spoke, you were back at track 105 for the half marathon part. So 105 is, if for anybody that didn't hear the last one, is a series. It's a series of races and it's 10 kilometres, half marathon. There's a marathon and there's an ultra. The marathon and yeah. ultra happen in the same day. Yeah. And you just raced in the half marathon and claimed... First place? I did. Mm-hmm. Podium place. I said press, <laughs> press playing podium was a post. <laughs> no, it, you know, another great event. It all kind of worked in my favour on the day. I had also learned about a bit about more about nutrition, having ran obviously that horrific 10k, but also the winter warmer half had given me another chance to play about with nutrition a bit. So I feel like I got that a bit more right on Sunday there. Uh, like I've said before, it's great because Richard, one of the organisers, he actually stands at the table with everything you've left and you can just shout at him. So he just <laughs> had everything waiting for me when I asked, which was amazing. And yeah, weather, I think, is actually the best weather I've ever had doing those races. This is my third year and it, you couldn't have really asked for better. So it all just went to plan. I wasn't an idiot for once. I used the it what I needed it to be rather than yeah. just going out and running as fast as I could uh, and yeah just another brilliant event mix of people nice to see the same familiar faces but also some new ones and yep it it all worked out and I got that trophy I think you're only one more 
track 105 trophy away from them erecting a statue of you outside the <laughs> running track well you should see the windowsill now it's getting a little bit of control yeah, yeah exactly i can I see look your... like i only turn up to that one exactly i just keep going to the same race because i win it and i don't tell anybody else about it <laughs> hey, listen we will take all the wins and we're taking this as a podcast one so yeah i am sharing in your reflective glory of somebody who will never take the first place on any podium i'm going to just live vicariously through you um, oh, great achievement, great running as well, and I could see from what you did that you were dialing it back when you had to as well. It's London is the goal, and I think for the first time ever, you're actually respecting that and not making every race the goal. I'm being very sensible. I mean, it's actually quite odd. There was something I decided today, I can't even think what it was now, and I was like, oh, that's another sensible decision. But joking aside, it's making a huge difference. And I think like we've touched on it a few times and I can laugh and say, oh, like, who even am I? But and Kaylee made a joke the other day, actually, when I said I wasn't doing a park run to be sensible before that race. And it is it's all the little things that I wouldn't have done before. But I think because I'm seeing and feeling the difference i know it's actually the right thing to do so and sometimes and this is maybe an important thing to mention just now too but when it is coming up to this period of like there's races every weekend i mean we've got aloe and 20 along the fourth in the same weekend in a few weeks it's so easy to get carried away but you've got to think of the end goal like what is it so you can go to the things but can't race everything if that makes sense yeah and by that i mean like i'll still go to a park run on a saturday but i can't race it if i've got a race the next day so i think it's maybe coming up to that point where maybe if you it's maybe your first marathon or maybe you've done a few but you're still kind of working out what works the what i'd say is just be careful because it's very easy to get carried away especially when you're running well and you'll turn up and you will pb and you'll you'll do really well but what's that doing to the actual end goal yep that's it and it's you can't do it all the time sometimes it's really good to do as a barometer for where you're at and Mm -hmm. to gauge your pace i know a well-placed half marathon before the marathon can be one of the best indicators you'll have of, Uh of the shape that you're in heading but as you said, respect it. You can't, you can race, you can race, you can, but you just need to respect what you try to do around the race. Yeah. So we've got Down by the River coming up. My plan there is to have a good tilt at Down by the River if the conditions are good for it. If it's absolutely horsing it down with rain, if it's like the year we did it when it was <laughs> in, in the, the river. river, yeah, then I will completely dial back the effort and do it just as a chance mm-hmm. to see everybody. For anybody who doesn't know down by the river is canvas lang harriers uh club race as far as i'm aware i think there are still places available you'd have to look online i don't know if the entries have closed but i don't think it's at capacity so it's a fast race but it's a really friendly race it's one where you can turn up and be put off by all the club vests because there's a lot of club vests at it but they are lots of them will actually be newton and canvas lang and there's a whole range of paces across those clubs as well it's a great event it is, and I always remember, even the year it was in the river, They at the end, it's a great little social thing as well, because you go into the, is it a bowling rugby club, club? Rugby club? Rugby, rugby yeah. club. Uh, and it's a good chance just to mingle and meet people yeah. and things. So, uh, yes, it is, you get, it's a, it's a speedy race at the front, but it's, I like it. And if I was, if I was here, I would have 
taken yeah. part, but I can't wait to see what you and everyone else does. Yeah, it's a flat, it's a flat course. I mean, it really, it was my PB course until just a couple of weeks ago. So if all things being equal, we'll have a wee tilt at that and see where we are at. And then the next one for me is the same as you, I think, 20 along the 4th. Along 4th. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, we were talking about that at the club run last night. The plan's not fully set for that yet, but we'll, we'll sort that out nearer the time. So that's really all we wanted to cover today. We are going to Higher Rocks this weekend as supporters. We're getting the pom-poms out to go and support <laughs> some of our friends down uh, Glasgow Higher Rocks. But we've got a big long run coming up as well, and this Saturday. So I'm not going to spend any more time. We'll catch up with everybody on the next episode, let people know what's going on. We've only got two more. Two more, Alison. We're at the end of the season. You've survived a whole season without getting fired as a co-host. And... We're going to hand over to a conversation with Sophie Laidlaw, who has only recently really got into the running scene, but it has had a transformative effect in her life. Great conversation coming up. We do touch on a few difficult issues in this episode. So uh, we, we talk about suicide in this. We talk about some of the impact of running in and around mental health. So we bit of a trigger warning. It's all handled sensitively. But just want people to be aware of that before they turn the episode on, just in case uh, they need to be sort of prepared for that. So, so grateful to Sophie for giving up her time and we'll hand over to our chat with her now and I will catch you in the next time, Alison. Brilliant, thank you. Joining us today is a guest that will be familiar to many people in our community. Her journey in running and yoga has highlighted the power of exercise and connection to creating wellness and balance and change the course and direction of somebody's life. While she won't catch her too often shouting about times or achievements, she showcases regularly the power of running. And when you dig a bit deeper, a killer mindset when the chips are down. Welcome to Press Play and Run, Sophie Laidlaw. How are you, Sophie? <laughs> I am really good, thanks. Sophie, I saying that some people will know you, lots of our community will. You're a flitter in and out of social media. <laughs> but a supporter, like since I created my running account, you were one of the earlier people I followed. You've always been a supporter and like, just popping up and down and popping out into runs and things like that. So I think you'll be well recognised. And people might know you from your yoga account, which is Soph Does Soph. Yoga. Yeah. And and you're a running account, which is Soph Runs. And it all used to be one place. Yeah. yeah it, was... it needed separating because I think for me, like yoga is work now. Yeah. Um, whereas running is like part of like my personality and who I am. You actually provided the yoga workshop at our first ever run retreat. You were very yes, generous. Yes, I did. Donated your time. Um, and came and we had a great day at Beachbury. We had 30 people. It was almost like hot yoga because the room was that warm. <laughs> it was a, a very busy yoga class. Yeah, and people, people got an unexpected experience of hot yoga without us ever telling them it was going to be that. <laughs> we were frantically trying to open windows. I think everyone we've was spoken to so far, although we've all kind of got to the same place, everyone has a bit of a different story on how they got there. So mm -hmm. if you just want to kind of walk us through from the beginning of your running journey and to how you got to, to the point you are now. I suppose with running, I'd, I'd always thought running was like a secret club. Like there was, I don't know, I always admired people who just went out for a run. I actually think I thought it was like quite sexy, like people who just go for a run but I thought there must be more to it than that and then I think it wasn't until I mean I'd never been in a gym I'd never like been for a run or done anything like that until around about January 2020 and then yeah I went I went for a run I went with a couple of friends we did it like once a week but it wasn't really running it was like we walked a bit we chatted we like I'm pretty sure we took coffee with us as well like <laughs> And then, yeah, it just was like, there, there must be more to it than this. And then 
lockdown hit in March and that was kind of it for me like it was it was total escapism from I was a bit of a workaholic I was seven days a week I had my own business and just when lockdown hit I couldn't work I couldn't do anything our business shut down and it was like I just need to be outside and I found something in running so much so that it took my breath away a little bit. It was like the wind in my face. Uh, I can't even explain it. And then I started to notice the sky, noises, smells around me. I started, I don't know, like tune into like everything that I'd sort of been missing out on all my life. Alison, if we ever stop looking at our trainers, we'll see the sky one day. (laughs) (laughs) Sophie, I didn't realise it had only been since 2020. So I must have actually been following you from right at the start of your account then? So I didn't actually start that running account until 2022. And I didn't start it to post anything. I didn't, again, it felt like it was a secret club and I wasn't in it. So I didn't really plan on posting very much. I just wanted to follow people. I kind of turned off my other accounts where I was seeing people out doing shots on a Saturday night. And I was seeing like stuff that I just didn't want to see. It was like it was creeping into my life. And then there was a lot of stuff on the news and I just wanted to shut it out. And I started that account and just started following runners, people who did yoga and people who were doing things that I like aspired to, I Mm -hmm. suppose. So it was more selfish setting that account up. It was more like what I wanted to take in. And I realized like Instagram totally gives you the tools to tweak that and to make it exactly what you want to see day to day. It does. But Alison and I have spoken about that often, about having the bravery to curate your feed like that, because it's very easy to just keep following, following, following. And then mm. you're you're with people that don't align to what you like to see, what yeah. you like to do, and there's that awkwardness. But I, I've often said that before, like if anybody's ever following me and it's not connecting me, we'll just unfollow it. It's not a, like, I would never take it personally. Yeah, but I do I admire thought... the fact that you've just like, no, that bit of my life I don't want to be surrounded by every day at the moment. That takes yeah. a bravery. I just don't do it. I don't follow, like, a lot of my friends follow me and they know that I love them, but I don't follow them back because it's not it's not what I want to see. And that's not anything personal on them and they know that, like, yeah. and they've accepted that and some have left. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> you know, I, I still get the deep-rooted anxiety when an actual real-life person that I know follows my <laughs> running account. I'm like, you're going to be so bloody bored. Like, I created this so I didn't need to talk to you about my running and now you're following it. But yeah, if they're there, if they're there, they don't need to be there. So I suppose that you just need to wear it like that. Alison, when did you become aware of Sophie's profile? Would that have been around the same time? Quite yeah, early? I was just about to say, I think it would have been. But again, I wasn't aware that that was really just the beginning of your journey. Because without probably realising what you were away to come up against, you almost started your journey just before lockdown and COVID. And it's interesting then that that helped you almost through it like you say and I think for a lot of people that we've spoken to and I think it was probably the same for both of like Ryan and myself it was that outlet I think when people were having that hard time and I know some were it was worse than others like you say if you had your own business what do you do all of a sudden when you don't and running does become like a coping mechanism or getting outside and just fresh air and I, I don't know unless you are a runner if you understand what you're trying to explain but I understand what you mean because that feeling that sometimes you get and it's even now it doesn't have to be as a new runner but sometimes you can just be running and you're like oh my god like I'm so lucky like I'm out here I'm yeah. running like and it it still comes and I love that feeling because you just think like well it's not free because it costs a lot of money but <laughs> yeah when you get into it <laughs> but being outside is free 
And I always think the people that don't do that, I'm like, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. yeah, I didn't I didn't know what I was missing and it felt like it was a gift handed to me before the whole lockdown situation. We had to close our business for that time, but then reopen it afterwards. And it was just the whole thing was the most stressful thing I think I've ever been through. Um, I was a workaholic before and then everybody had this big reset going back to work. But I had to work twice as hard to like make my business survive and it was running was just this gift that had been like handed to me it felt like out of nowhere mm -hmm. um, and it just got me through so much I want to touch on something you said there about the start running I wasn't really running it was running and walking and I took a coffee and but that's still a barrier that we bump up against regularly with people coming to the Press Plane Run Club. And it's often when I get the message, every week we put out something saying, if you're anxious about it, drop Alison or I or any of the core group a message, we'll get you settled. The two things that always grab people are pace is all, number one, usually the reason why they don't come, they don't come, their pace, or that they feel on this sort of outside looking in. Like, I won't know anybody, but actually with 54 yesterday and I think about... That's amazing, by I the think way. about 25 of them were new like the first time our group was bigger than the had been before group so like half the people are in the same boat but all feeling like oh everybody else will know each other when literally half the group so I, there's something we do get new people listening all the time and Sophie what you said there is symptomatic of what I'm repeating often you're only on the outside looking in because that's where your head's at at the moment until you step in and then everybody sort of just gets around you and, and, and does the thing. And so if you've come to the club as well, you know the culture of it. Mm -hmm. You end up talking to people you'd never... So half of them won't even be on Insta, won't be on anywhere. They're just there to run. Do you know, my son said something to me um, a few weeks back, uh, well, longer than a few weeks back, but I'd, I was going to a track night and I was like, I'm terrified. I'm scared. I don't know how to get in. It's I don't know anyone. They're all going to be faster than me. And he was like, what's the worst that could happen? And I was like, well, I could die. And he was like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> That's not going to happen. He was right, like, thanks, mom. You know, the worst that can happen is that you go and you feel really awkward for an hour and everyone's faster than you, but then you don't go again. And I was like, yeah, that is the worst. Like, mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I went. It was awkward for an hour. Everybody was faster than me. They were all like 21-year-old boys and they were like speeding. And I went, but I, I went, I did it. It was awkward. I went home and I never went again. But I still did it and I put myself out there and I felt really proud of myself for doing that. Yeah. And yeah, it just took a 14-year-old to give me that <laughs> life advice. But it is, it's like, what's the worst that could happen? It's awkward for an hour. Sophie, 14-year-olds are in the best possible position to give that because they live every day feeling like that, <laughs> that in their head yeah. about like fitting in. 100%. And they live in that space. So they're, they'll be yeah. looking at you going, catch a grip, you're an adult, you'll be fine. Like, yeah. I deal with this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just get so in my own head about it. But that tells me, you've taken the plunge, right? You've gone to a track night. This is like the club debate that we have. There's a club for everybody, but not every club's for everybody. So you've gone to a track night full of speedy people. <laughs> if you come to the track was... with us on a Wednesday night, there's a, it's more of a social thing. We don't even really do the same session. or So there, there, there is a club night out there for you. It's just not that. Oh, hundred percent. I think it was. Um, I think I was the only female there as well, yeah. and just I was just at the wrong. I was at the wrong. You were at the wrong place. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it wouldn't stop me from going again. In fact, like I did enjoy it. I did have a good time. I just, uh, nice. yeah, it was awkward yeah. for an hour and I didn't go back. But that <laughs> was my choice. You know, like you have that choice, and I think that's amazing that so many people turned up to to your Sunday club. Yeah. 
and hadn't been before because that's just that putting themselves out there I love yeah. it like yeah. what's the worst that can happen you know I was actually saying that yesterday when at that uh, event that I was at and it is quite a mix of abilities as well and I was kind of relating that to the Sunday Run Club and saying that you just need people to put something on and make everyone feel included and and we've seen people that come along and maybe started to come what was it December the, the run started mm-hmm. I think it was yeah um, November, end of November yeah, November end of November, December and I just love watching the people that you know wouldn't be out on their own or they maybe wouldn't have ran as far as they have now or and but the most like special thing to see is that there's these little groups forming and the, the big group's great and you know we all meet after but what is nice to see is probably what you're saying there about like that track session that they did still try and make you feel included it just maybe wasn't for you but within this large big group we've got 50 60 70 people now everyone's finding their little groups within the big group and i just love it because you just think that's the perfect example of it is for everyone sophie when you this makes sense now that when you're telling me that was the start of your running and it was at that point because when i was looking back through your profile it reminded me of probably when i first came across your profile at that point when i first started chatting with you you were in the point of running where you try and run every run as fast as you can and you well you'd look race numbers on a lot and you were trying to get your 10k pb and you're trying to get your 5k felt like you were really pushing and i don't associate you with that type of running now um although i think you still do it in the background but it's not that was at the forefront eh, at the start for you i felt like that was the only thing that made me a valid runner so it was the only thing that I posted. It wasn't that I wasn't running or enjoying like being outside. It was just that was where I felt like I could share my achievement because I had, I had worked so much of my life. Like I used to take holidays from work and go and do other work. So I'd never had something that was a hobby. I'd never had something that I was like good at as well. Like so yeah, that was what I felt I needed to share. That was like my place, but actually it doesn't really matter that much like no. I do I do still love it yeah the first half marathon that I did was in May 2022 and I, I got 155 I think and I was like I was so proud of that because I didn't really train for it I just went and ran and then I did another one in I think it was the Scottish half and then I got 141 so I knocked a fair bit of time mm-hmm. off it but again didn't train I just threw myself through that course and just as fast as I possibly could I remember but you battering yourself at those runs like properly at the end gone I was in bits I can walk for yeah. days and stuff yeah. but also this is whilst I was still a complete workaholic I was a smoker I ran with no gels I would have a pack of cigarettes and a lighter and my keys <laughs> and my phone in my running belt and as soon as I was finished I was like, where can I go for a cigarette? Yeah. And like, there's all these like healthy, fit people everywhere. And I was so ashamed of it, so ashamed. So I started that running account in September, just after that last half marathon. And then the end of October, I was like, I'm quitting smoking, I'm quitting drinking. I'm, I'm out like I want to see what my human potential is I want to see like what I can do I want to explore I want to like know what my body's capable of before I get too old and before I smoke too many fags yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that the honest yeah, it. No, oh, like, well, I am ashamed there's no point sitting here bullshit and that's the way that's what the situation was no. that's what the situation was um, yeah, but I remember it's... seeing that on your your Instagram and laughing because I was like, I love that because it's very similar to like my how well not how I started, but how I used to live, and I thought 
that you have to share that like it's important because there's no point in us all sitting now being like oh yes I'm an athlete you know I go out and do my weekend <laughs> runs and <laughs> I don't come out nightclubs at 6am I might run it but let's be honest like and I love that when I saw it because I just thought that's relatable like there you know let's be honest here because I think it's off putting if people believe that we we haven't all behaved in that way mm-hmm. it's like you say it's about just deciding well can, what what can I do like I'm good already, but you know, if I just make small changes or big changes, stopping smoking a bit, what's out there? What's possible? And I just thought I loved it. I remember seeing that post and I was like, that really resonates. <laughs> yeah, I try not to share the bad stuff. Like I think because Instagram's been like this run inside of it has been such a positive impact on me. I I don't want to come across as like I'm not sharing my real what's going on, but I don't want to share all the negative stuff. I just want to share the positive stuff. And yeah, that's kind of that was one of those posts where I was like, I just feel like I need to like tell the truth. Yeah, somebody had said like, oh, yeah, you're so sporty and you're so this and so that. And I'm like, I'm not. I don't see myself that way, like, at all, because... You need to understand the lens that you're looking through in somebody's life there, because I, I kind of feel the same, Sophie, but I don't... Not It's not to create a falseness, but I don't want to create... Mm-hmm. I don't share that much of my personal life on... It's a running account, so if it's yeah. not related to running, it by and large doesn't go on there. There is an honesty sometimes required to say, listen, don't buy into the hype you know you can look at what you where you are now and think you never lived that lifestyle but more people have lived that lifestyle you're speaking about Alison than end up running and where and most of the runners don't race they just run like most runners run for a hobby they don't race so like you, I think it's really valid to see where you came from as well but Sophie that sounds like I almost I decided I'm going to stop smoking I'm going to stop drinking I'm going to how much do you think that's the point you were ready at in your life and how responsible do you feel that running was for that or how big a part was running of making that decision? I think it would have come either way. I think my whole life was just, I felt really trapped, if I'm honest. Like, I was working so much. I worked with my partner as well. We did a business for 10 years. We'd been together for 20 years and just like life work everything was like all just kind of heaped into one so then when I discovered running it was kind of like I have something that's just for me that isn't work it's and it's something that actually I could potentially be quite good at and it was like I need to get rid of all of this other stuff I want to be outside more like I knew that that was what I wanted I need a change I need to be outside more I need to step away from work a little bit I need I need something else like And it was it it was definitely I I didn't realize it at the time, but I can see it kind of looking back. Yeah, I was yeah. I was absolutely determined like to make a change in my life. So, so I'm going to jump about a bit here on timeline, but that's what I associate your running account with now, more than the times and more than the. And I know that because we speak every now and again, I know that you're still racing and always usually training for something in the background, mm-hmm. but you don't do big weekly training updates every week or going to session by session runs anymore. <laughs> but what I do associate your account with, Sophie, is seeing beautiful places, connection to the outdoors. You're, it's like a it's like a bloody time traveller magazine piece when you look through your, <laughs> the photographs are stunning. And you, you get all around the place, which we'll probably get to the why or how that's facilitated that you can be in all these different places. But was that there from the start? 
because you, you hinted the fact that that connection was there pretty early but maybe you just weren't posting about that I think yeah again it comes back to like me feeling like a valid person <laughs> I realize now like if you run you're a runner it doesn't matter but I think back then I was quite like oh I don't I don't belong here like I shouldn't be posting stuff on Instagram it's just races I think it's like a big sort of imposter syndrome type thing yeah. like where I just didn't feel I don't know enough I suppose but um, yeah, I kind of lost that fear and realized like, you know, I, I am a creative. I love taking photographs. I love things that look beautiful. If I can, I, I love things that look like a bit dirty and grainy as well. Like so my photographs are never, they, I don't want them to ever look like polished and like, mm-hmm. like, like filtered. I want them to like, look grainy and dirty. And like if the weather was bad, I want it to like be extreme and like show that. Um, yeah, I've just got a real passion for like photography and editing. That's good because you're always running through like shit and muck, so you, it always is dirty yeah. and grainy. So that's always that's a win. Usually, yeah, no, up, up to your knees, I, honestly, I absolutely love running through the mud. I love getting dirty. It's like being a child. Like as an adult, you're sort of told, "Oh, you get get round the puddles and don't get dirty," or because you're the one who's got to clean it all as well. But like as a kid, you just went for it because you didn't have the responsibility of cleaning all that stuff. So mm. yeah, I love it. I love like being outside. Love getting dirty. Love a run through the mud. Like yeah, mm. just love all of that it just it really gives me something but it's taken me a while to figure out what kind of runner I am because I feel like there's some people who are like I'm a road runner or I'm a trail runner or I run mountains or I do fell running or I do long distance or I do sprints or track yeah. or whatever and I genuinely hands on heart think I just love a bit of everything like mm-hmm. I do I still love doing like a 10k I love doing a half marathon um, I'm hoping to do London this year. I haven't quite figured it out yet, but I, I'm going to be there. Um, How? Yeah, wait, like... wait, wait, stop. Rewind. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> Go. Um, all right, so I I had a good for age time for London, and then I applied and everything, but I did the application wrong. Um, oh, oh, I so... do remember this. Yeah, so I, I've, I've totally buggered it up. Like, excuse <laughs> language, but... Um, yeah, so I've, got friend, I've got a friend who can sometimes get like last minute sort of charity places and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, I'll, I'll pay for it, like whatever I need to do. She's like, oh, I won't know until like the day before. I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> quite, uh, that's quite a lot. So what I've done is I was like, I need to have something booked. If I'm going to train for something, I need to have something booked. So I found a marathon that is on the same day as London. I booked it, paid for it. I am going to go and run it unless I get a very last minute spot at London and then I'll go run London. This is a perfect microcosm of the shambles that sometimes I associate (laughs) with you when I speak to you. Like, what are you doing? I'm either running in Wales or I'm doing a 10k in Levy or I'm like, what the Yes, it is a shambles. But do you know I'm adaptable? Like I actually I I sold my business and bought a van and yeah, so that's kinda I just I love going places. I love running somewhere that I've never been before. Like the kind of I don't know if it's fear of getting lost or like what might happen. I don't know. Like I just I get kicks out of it. I love like dropping a pin in a map and just going somewhere and just running. I feel like you don't know a place until you've run it. No, and you see it faster it. as well. Well, you, you've touched on the van lives there. Again, timeline's got to go all over the place here, but that's perfectly <laughs> representative of you. So, But that decision did come and you sold your business and you got a van, as you said. And this does explain why there's such a variety of locations. And But you, you can be in 
like three, four different places, quite geographically spread out within a week. That is not yeah. un- is not uncommon. But there's also that coincided with a decision about your yoga and yoga teaching. So what I don't really know about the yoga side of it, because it's it's not, I, I wouldn't even pretend it's a side that I'm as invested in as the running, although I've come more to understand it through all the work with mm-hmm. Lemon and being put in situations where you have to engage and then like, okay, I can see the benefits now. So when did the yoga start? I want to really know when it started, when the decision came to say, I'm going to make this a central plank of my life and then we'll maybe explore the relationship between that and the running. Um, I've done yoga for a few years, not kind of seriously. It's something I really enjoy, but it's not the same level of passion as I have for running. But I do feel like the two go hand in hand. I feel like yoga supports life. Like yoga is good for everybody, whether you are a boxer or a footballer, runner, whatever. So I've always kind of like the last five years probably had like a real draw to yoga but I never had the desire to teach but this urge for like change and this kind of like feeling trapped in work and like in my life really I knew that I kind of needed to do something and then in February 2023 my partner of 20 years took his own life um, and that was kind of it floored me as you can imagine um yeah. And I kind of, I did, I made a decision at that point. It was like, I either go to bed and I I do nothing, just don't get up again. Or I get up and I just like go and do something and just make something else of my life. And I'd toyed with the idea of going and doing my teacher training. So yeah, that was it. I went to Costa Rica for a month. Um, I went in April. I actually had had the Manchester Marathon booked as well, but I didn't train for it. I just was floored. Like my whole life, my career, my relationship like everything had just disappeared like it felt like I'd lost my personality like part of who I was so yeah it was kind of fight or flight like I need to do something (laughs) so yeah um I went and ran the Manchester Madison 336 I got I was well impressed with that my challenge this year is to beat that um and then yeah I went to Costa Rica for a month learned my yoga um, teacher training and did a lot of like healing and yeah, there was that's... like letting go ceremonies and all that kind of thing and then we were in touch at that time semi-regularly just touching base and talking about running and because I was aware of this at, at the time there's things looking at it from the outside in where I'm probably going to make a couple of assumptions or I'm going to challenge you and ask you a couple of things and you're free to answer or not that's, that's a that's a life changing situation that you're that you're mm. put into there. The run in Manchester, I, I really remember. I spoke to you. I think I spoke to you between you finishing the race and getting to the airport because it was a <laughs> yeah. mad dash, wasn't it? It was like within a you yeah. had to be at the airport within two hours of finishing or something. Yeah, that had the distinct feeling. I felt like I was watching somebody punishing themselves at that race mm-hmm. in terms of what yeah. you put your body through. Would that be a fair representation of maybe where the mindset was at? that would be fair so I met my partner in Manchester and that route actually took us past like our first flat other flats that we looked Mm -hmm. at took me past like my first um one of my first jobs it took me past like a house share that I lived in the route was like walking through like 18 year old me you know um running through 18 year old me like my life back then but I actually think it was like the best form of therapy I would have found it really hard to go back to Mm -hmm. that area like in any other way but yeah I ran I cried um my bra cut into my shoulder so badly that I took it off halfway through the race and ran with it like around my ribs 
Um, I can laugh about it now. Like fifteen but, guys behind yeah. you get a PB chasing you. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were trying to get sub five hours as well. You know what? You just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I felt. I honestly felt like it was going to cut my shoulder off. I ran with tears streaming down my face the whole way. Like I hated every single second of it. I remember kilometer one being like, "Why am I doing this? Why am I here?" But I'd kind of gone like, right, what's the worst case scenario? Well, it's, you know, I go and I don't run it or I go and I end up walking it or whatever. Um, I I wanted to still explore what was, was possible with no training, with, yeah, just <laughs> shaking the whole way around. I remember being in touch with you after it that day and being, it's a weird thing on Instagram where you kind of know somebody, but you don't. So I didn't know you well enough that I could pick the phone up to you at that point or anything like that, but I had enough knowledge of you to be worried about state of mind and like you've just battered yourself you're just going to hop in a plane it felt a bit spirally and I recognise it mm. somebody else and you know I've been in that place myself and in my running but probably didn't see it myself at the time and others would have that thing where you can see from the outside something's just not right there it might all look fast mm. and great in the surface but there's something maybe darker power in it but then I did see a month of healing that you shared in front of your connection with people yeah talk to talk to us about Costa Rica well so actually when I jumped on that plane I went to Palma and I spent four days in Palma then came back then went to Costa Rica so Palma was meant to just be like relax like my dad lives in Palma and my auntie okay. lives over there as well so I actually I was like <laughs> it it does it did make more sense in my head it maybe wasn't quite as chaotic as what it looked yeah. like well, that's it you only see the snippets and insta though so you don't yeah, see everything absolutely. underneath it. um and then yeah I went to Costa Rica and I ran every single day there I was terrified I was scared I remember being like oh god I'm not gonna go like I'd never really traveled on my own like other than for work so yeah and then you hear like when you're going somewhere like that for that amount of time like everybody just tells you horror stories and like you know you have to be careful of this and you have to be careful of that but actually I arrived there and I just felt so safe like the people were so amazing I landed onto this tiny little strip in the jungle um, next to just the most amazing coastline and yeah I ran every single day um, we started yoga at, I think half six in the morning so I was out at like half four or five o'clock trying to get a run in and it was so hot it was like 30 degrees at five in the morning there was quite a lot of like big storms and stuff howler monkeys all sorts of like wildlife there was a boa constrictor in our pool house at one point there was a run that I did where I ended up having to climb a barbed wire fence that said beware jaguars and, <laughs> yeah. and not, not the car but, well, it's because I was following a route that I'd found, like, it was just, like, on maps, and it looked like I could go that way, but if I turned around, I would have had another 12k to do, and I was just like, I can't turn around, like, I need to get home, I'm thirsty, and, like, all I'll, of that. I'll but... fight the Jaguar, I'm not running 12k. <laughs> yeah, it, basically, that's what it came down to, and, yeah, like, all the yoga girls ended up sort of coming, there was a point where I think there was 13 of us running, and three stray dogs. Um, the dogs just started coming running in the morning. Like I loved it because a lot of mornings I went on my own. But yeah, there was other days where loads of them would come, and some of them have messaged me since. Like uh, they're signed up for marathons, they're That's signed class. up for halves, and 
one of them did like an eight mile like hill run the other day and yeah I just feel like kind of introduced them to that and I do I feel really proud of that because I don't see myself as being like very influential at all but yeah yeah, when they send you messages saying like I just did this because you helped them get the trainers on that first day you never know the journeys Mm -hmm. you're starting how difficult was the spiritual and connecting with yourself part which I know is central to yoga anyway even as a participant never mind when you're doing the teacher training bit which is a, mm. I'm assuming a whole other layer of that when you yeah. are you're suffering from trauma you're suffering loss grief you're, you're dealing with things that would have been hard at any point how tough was it or actually you can flip that if you want how much of a savior was it at that time so I had already booked this before everything happened so again it felt like a little gift that I'd sort of given to myself and it came at just the perfect time it was hard the spiritual stuff in particular I enjoyed all of the other bits but really hard like looking inwards and uh, again that imposter syndrome thing of like is this really my life is this really what like what's happened like it didn't feel real um but we did things like letting go ceremonies and some stuff like I didn't really what does I that mean what's a letting like I, I I'm assuming I know what it means but probably best it's asking. kind of um yeah meditation but it's kind of it was done at night it was in the dark we we're in the jungle and like you can just hear like like the noises of the jungle and yeah basically writing down just the things that you want to let go of and then taking a moment everything's silent as well um, and I just cried I just remember I had this like bit of paper and I'd written down the things that I wanted to let go of and I just I cried to the point that that it went you have to go and like hold it over a candle and kind of burn it um and it wouldn't burn because it had so much tears on it <laughs> I was yeah. just like I'm gonna have to like like disintegrate it into it instead but I, it was all like perfect it was perfect the timing it was something that really helped me through that point in my life and yeah I just I let go of like judgment of like what other people think like yeah. I am determined to live a happy life there was a quote I saw the other day and it's you can't give your life more time so give the time you have more life and that's oh, what I want to say. I want, yeah, more life. It just feels like it, that fella, not fell in your lap because you obviously had organized yeah, it, it, but it just, there's something, if you be, if you believed in the greater good and the, 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 the higher order of things, there's, there's something mm-hmm. that put you in a, a place that you need to be probably at the right time. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't necessarily believe in fate, but I do think when I look at the bigger picture, like things have just fallen into place the right time. Yeah, it might not seem it at the time, but yeah, I, I think there's definitely, it feels like there's something something else going on that, yeah, gives you what you need when you need it. Thank you for sharing that bit of your story because I, I didn't know if we'd go there and oh, we, we're not here to delve, that's not what we're about, but it's important no, because but... you would never know what listeners are going through as well and it could say that it could it could speak to somebody and it might be the important, most important thing to hear today so thank you for having the sort of courage and the bravery to speak about that Alison sorry I cut you off there it's important isn't it because sometimes you don't realize in that moment like you say that you maybe need something but some like reflecting and looking back it's important to take that time sometimes and just look at how far you've come and you know at the time it maybe doesn't always feel like it it's almost just survival isn't it like fight or flight like you say 100%. but I think it's sometimes when you take that opportunity like that moment and you think I am stronger like I've survived this and then obviously you've not only gone and done all those things but you've actually then taken it to the next level and it's now you know what you do it, like yoga is a huge part of your life you're you know you've still got your running and I think 
like you've taken the yoga even further haven't you now yeah I teach uh, I teach a couple of classes every week I love it like um but I also I still have my own practice and yeah I think it really supports like my running as well but mm. I think it's it's such a good thing just movement of your body is such a good thing like we should all just be so grateful of the things that we can do rather than the things that we can't like and I think that's the main thing yoga's taught me I think as runners we're learning aren't we like Ryan you've obviously been spending a lot of time doing it like this training block and like uh Sophie when you came to the retreat and watching everybody because it was quite good because I think as runners sometimes if you don't have all the time you just focus on running but so many people came out of that session and they were like oh wow like that's actually what I've been missing but again you didn't realize it until you did it and it's not just the physical part I think it's also the like like you say the mental side as well like it is such an important thing yeah I feel like uh, like I said before yoga is for life <laughs> for whatever you do if you do any sport you should be like yoga is your staple it, that's the thing that everything else should kind of come from for your mind as well I think for you being connected to your body your breathing like being able to kind of look internally and like recognize your power as well like yoga's helped me when I'm running notice kind of what gear I'm in if that makes sense mm -hmm. um and yeah just visualization like it it's just it it kind of connects to everything, I think. That that was the biggest struggle for a lot of the runners on the day of the retreat. Yeah. It was, I mean, the physical bit is the and the flexibility and all that, that's hard. But I think the runners understand that, that you're at the start of a journey of that. It's like running. You're usually crap at it when you start and you get better. Mm -hmm. You develop the muscle memory. You'd, but see the ability to quieten your mind and yeah. connect with yourself, that to me is a bigger challenge than any stretch or pose will ever mm -hmm. be. 100%. The thing is, like, yoga is just you and your mat. So it doesn't matter how flexible the next person is. Like, every single body is different. I'm quite small. I'm quite, like, chunky built. Like, I'm quite solid, whereas, like, a lot of yoga teachers are maybe, like, really tall or they will be super flexible. Because I run so much, I am the least flexible yoga instructor you will ever meet, without a shadow of a doubt. But I am strong and I'm I'm aware of my pros and cons. What you can like. do. Yeah, what I can do. And so I just play to that like and I still like I'll do deep stretches and stuff but but I've got people that come to my classes that can do the stretches far better than me if you were talking about the perfect yoga pose but it's not it's just not about that it's about listening to your body tuning into your body and like doing things that are good for it and just valuing like that movement and connection with yourself um, and then, but then you've also got people like Ian Ian runs in cycles who comes to your classes who can barely pick up his bank card if he drops it because he's so inflexible so I love to see that because that makes me feel better <laughs> yeah he tells himself he's inflexible but I don't think I tell him as well he's like that help okay well that also doesn't help but... I, I know that's the whole point <laughs> but do you know what he comes he comes and he does it and he might he does. hang about at the back of the class but like he's there doing it for himself and I, I do I love that for him he's a, yeah. he's a good guy he's a huge guy. huge supporter of what we do and like even even when he's not running he's forever sharing and talking people into coming to the club I think he is a huge supporter of everybody he, he is. is somebody who genuinely just likes people to do well doesn't matter who they are he has no gives bias. without thought of um, receiving it's the kind the perfect kind of perfect kind of people to surround yourself with in this running community because it can be mm -hmm. it's not it's not all kind of straightforward and smooth with everybody but he's one of the good guys for yeah, sure let's talk about mindset and what that did then at the 
Loch Ness 24. We were both running that. I think we, mm-hmm. uh, I saw you before. I saw the night before. We were sitting in a, yeah, yeah. we were sitting Dredged. under the tarpaulin going for Waiting for a, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for a pizza that I think took two and a half hours. Aye, it did. And I got made about 40 minutes before you and I saw you looking at me in the way by oh. going, oh my God, he's got pizza. Yeah. But we were also waiting in the rain to stop. And out of yeah. the 24 hours, I think it stopped for two. But I was running as part of a really Sophie, so mo- for most people that I was with, they were all running as part of a relay team. So we got soaked five or six times. We get mm-hmm. changes of outfit, but we were resting in between loops. I think I did, I can't mm-hmm. remember what it was now, 50 or 60 something K, 60 something K maybe. You were going solo, which mm-hmm. for anybody who's unfamiliar with the event, it's a four mile loop and you just keep running. Yeah. You keep running and yeah. you dab in at the start of every lap and you keep running. Yeah. You can come off course at any point and rest as much as you want, like normal people, or you can do what you did, <laughs> which is come off to throw food at your face sometimes, but not very often. And you ran, you need to correct me in the distance, but I think 120 something K. 122 kilometers, yeah. Yeah. And that was at a point, it's not like you hadn't trained, but there's no way you'd been near that before. And that, no, you you were an absolute lesson in mindset, probably lunacy when you started to literally <laughs> lose your mind on the runs. Because I saw you as we were running past a few times, and you were just in a different place. <laughs> I want to know a wee bit about your experience of the event physically and mentally, and how you managed that because it was just a gargantuan effort. Yeah, so I'd never run an ultra or anything before. I signed up for it in the November, um, so it would have been like 2022. It was at that point where I was like, I need change. I want, I can do anything. Like, I want to know what my potential is. And that seemed like the perfect event to do that. And it was Kaylee, um, the happy diet that had actually sent me the link. She was like, I think this might be a bit of you. And I booked it there and then. I didn't even look at the date of it. I, I literally booked it from the link that she sent um I was like yeah I want to test myself I want to see what is possible in 24 hours no expectation on myself or anything but then obviously my life had been kind of chaotic throughout like the beginning of 2023 but I had I had a couple of friends who came with me that were willing to support me that understood the type of runner that I was and that maybe what I wanted to be and I just wanted to run with a smile on my face that was the main thing that I'd said I want to run with a smile on my face and yeah I did that I feel. I was not there but I heard lots of stories but it just it sounded amazing and to me I think everyone that did it it was like wow but you guys who did it solo and the the distances that you like you covered, I mean, I think in it like I do obviously more marathons and I've never done an ultra, but you know the mental strength it takes. And I I don't know like in terms of like physical versus mental at that event, would you have said that the that you know the mental side was much harder than the physical or how did you feel in terms of just overall at it I don't know I think I'd been through hard stuff so it didn't I didn't really feel like it was I I just took each lap as it comes really I think my biggest issue was that the um the rain so it rained from like four o'clock in the afternoon no earlier than that because we were trying to set a tent up at three and it was absolutely chucking it down and it rained all the way through to, I think it was about 11 o'clock the next night. So I did one lap. Um, my plan was to try and do two or three laps first and then have a rest, have some food. But I did one lap and the rain had just soaked my feet. 
And basically, like, my heels looked like sushi salmon. Like, they were just shredded. And that was after seven kilometers. Oh, I came God. in and uh, my team, like, got some compede and stuff on and then, like, taped them up. Off I went again. I did lap two. But the tape had started to, like, rub on my feet and had started to come off in places. So when I came in again, they looked at it and they were like, we need to take it off. But the compede was stuck to my skin. So they basically pulled the skin off my feet off my heels and that I was only two laps in and I just thought this is a disaster I am never getting through this but I was like no I said I was going to run with a smile on my face I managed to raise five thousand pounds for cam um which is um a suicide charity um so I felt really proud of that but I also felt like all of these people have supported me in that way I have to do this I have to give it my best shot for the 24 hours so yeah, after they retaped my feet and recompeted them, I think I just kept going. I don't remember really like eating an awful lot. I stopped. I remember stopping at about five o'clock and trying to have a sleep, but I just kind of lay there, sort of aware of everything in the rain and like noises. I was running out of like um, I was running out of dry clothes at that point. Everything had changed so many times, and everything was just soaked through and I'd only ever run a marathon before I'd never done an ultra or any distance beyond the 42 kilometers um I had some chicken super noodles and that was like the best thing I have ever eaten I think it was the best meal I have ever <laughs> ever like just the best feeling like everything about it um, Sophie, what time but, was it when you started to see things in the middle of the night when you were running? It wasn't, it wasn't until the morning. Um, so it wasn't until, I think I stopped running at round about six. So I don't really know my timings of how all that happened. But I had I tripped on a tree root and like overflexed my foot and had like a bit of an injury. But I kind of kept going and... I did another, I did, I think I stopped at four in the morning. I was like, right, I'm done. I'm good. I stopped at a hundred K and I had a nap. And I remember just waking up after 10 minutes and being like, I have more in me, but my team had all gone to sleep. So I was like, right, I'm going. And I went, and that was when I got this injury. And then I came in and I remember eating a banana and like, I think it was salt and vinegar crisps or cheese and onion crisps and then offering it to a guy who was like running past he was like no thanks <laughs> like my fingers <laughs> crazy crazy um, lady yeah and then I got back out and I did this because I managed like another three loops after that point of having that sleep but on that third loop I had two percent battery and I remember texting the team being like I'm not sure I'm okay I could see fish bones on the ground and when I was walking or running I could hear them crunching under me so there was just all these fish skeletons but this wasn't until like six in the morning so yeah it might be taking me two hours to do that sort of like half marathon editor of... note for the listener there were no fish bones <laughs> no there was no fish <laughs> we were next to the loch but there was no fish bones I think it was branches or something but I could see fish Sophie bones, was high as a kite like... by that point on life yeah, and then there's like a, a hill near the end and I just I messaged and said, like, I don't think I'm okay. Like, and one of them had done a lap um, with me. No, both both the guys. So Paul, who's my boyfriend now, um, and Jenny, they'd both done a lap with me. So they knew, like, all of the different bits where, like, um, we'd kind of named them. So I was like, if you could meet me at, like, the bottom hill, I have 1% battery, and yeah. I couldn't get up that hill. I was just like, oh my God, like I was all over the place. And I don't really remember what happened after that, but 
I did walk it and I did finish it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like I think I had to like hold on to them to get up the hill. Just like the injury had started to like really swell, and then yeah, my head was gone, like completely <laughs> gone. Yeah, it was an incredible, incredible feat of mental resilience as well as the physical. But you've obviously just managed to plumb depths of your sort of resolve and resilience that you never know until you're in that position I assume I've never tried to take my my body through that kind of distance and I I know how tough I found that even just doing the really part the stopping and the starting bit and but it was the weather was just so miserable it would have been easy to stop horrendous like the weather was beyond horrendous see when that rain stopped I was just like, this is amazing. I like, know, this I is know, the best like, thing ever. What, we got about two hours of it not raining out of that whole cycle. I think it was, was long. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was longer than that. No, I'm sure it's not raining around at about You're 11 drunk. o'clock at night. <laughs> no, it didn't. It stopped, um, raining at, it stopped raining at two o'clock in the morning was the first time it stopped raining. Trust a guy yeah, that was okay. trying to sleep. <laughs> okay fair enough um, but yeah I just I just remember being determined to run with a smile on my face and I did that and yeah I felt really proud that I'd um, managed to get that kind of distance and then yeah I kind of seized up I remember trying to get into McDonald's um, that morning like because you get kicked out of the campsite quite early and I just couldn't like my legs had seized up. But the next day I was fine. I took myself out on a 5k loosen the legs off run, which was stupid because I still had that injury and it yeah. did. It just made it made it much worse. The stuff and of that a psychopath, of... that but um, <laughs> we know this. We know this. So Sophie, let's move us on to, to what's next then. Obviously, you are maybe a mar- maybe London Marathon, maybe not. Apart from <laughs> apart from your maybe plans, what else is on the agenda running wise? Well, what are the hopes and dreams? I am running a marathon on the 21st of April, whichever one it is. Like, I am going to do that. My goal is to beat um, my 336. Like, that's the only thing that I really want to do. And I just want to do it for me. I don't want to do it for anybody else or for anything else. Just want to do it for me. I just want to know that with training, which I've tried to train as strictly as I possibly could, but again, like injuries and stuff like that, I had random knee pain like a couple of weeks ago, which is kind of got me running for a bit because I have that fear of like what if I can't run for the rest of my life like that's more important to me than any marathon time but yeah I'm back into training and it's all feeling good um but yeah I just want to know that I can beat that time with like doing it properly doing it how other people do it having a plan not just throwing myself at it and you know doing a a four minute ten kilometer for my first kilometer like that was so stupid um so I want to do that and then I am signed up for Loch Ness 24 again um I want to go into it this time knowing what I know now and again just do it for me but I want to beat myself but also I want to really kind of take it a bit more seriously and see what I can actually do because I think I came seventh I think I was seventh email I knew you were top 10 so and yeah like that was without having the intention of doing that so yeah, I, I wonder what happens when I put some intention to it and I, I really focus on it. And like I've got some good people around me who are runners and stuff as well that like really inspire me. Um, and yeah, I just want to go into it knowing what I know. And also if the weather is better, 
It can't Maybe. be worse. It just can't be it worse. Can't, no, I don't think it could be worse. I said to Alison after it, like as bad as that weather was, I loved the event. I loved the course and I would love I to do it, it again. I don't know if it will fit I... for me this year, but I definitely enjoyed the event. I would definitely go solo next time though. Even if I wanted to run the same distance, I would do it so I had more control over when I'm running. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I think the course is amazing because you've got that like big grassy hill and then the sort of woodland paths and then the the really muddy bit. There was a real muddy slope going it down. Is. It's like was, five routes I, in one. I loved it and the, like I loved that muddy slope going down. I just threw myself down that mm-hmm. and then and then you'd have like the there was like a really wet path that kept flooding. There was loads of puddles. You're just getting soaked. My least favorite was on the rocky beach. Like I just I hated that bit. That bit was tough. That bit was really tough. On the the rocky yeah. path was just like a sapper of energy every yeah. every lap. But for me, that was kind of like the halfway point. And then I, I'd, made, I'd made this thing of like um, the guys that were sitting at different points, um, uh, the sort of stewards, they were amazing because they were up like right through the night and stuff. And they were mm-hmm. like egging everybody on. But um, they kept shouting like, how are you? And I'd be like, living the dream, like every single lap. And like on that last lap, they were like, how are you? I was like, I'm not living the dream. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is it. I'm going. I'm done. I am finished. Like I knew I was finished on the last one. I was running with Rachel McPherson on her last lap and that, and the guy's like, How are you? They were so cheery. She went, I think I shit myself, and they never knew what to say. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that's a conversation killer right there. She was amazing. She did so well. So funny. So funny. <laughs> Right, well, whatever lies in store, Sophie, knowing what I know about you, it will be a huge success. It will be slightly chaotic, but we're here for it. It wouldn't be you if it, it, <laughs> it, wouldn't be you if it didn't have a slight air of this might be a disaster about it, but it really is. You always get there. <laughs> so uh, how we always finish off the episode is with some quick fire questions, as I'm sure you're probably aware now. If you are ready... Money box, get set. Favourite running shoe of all time? Uh, probably my Nike Alpha Flies. Favourite training route? Oh, so- the, the, one, the one from my house. <laughs> Call it chicken run in reverse. What is it? Where is it? No, it's not, not where's in- your house, where's the route? <laughs> oh, it's the, just the back of my house, like in Livingston, and it just runs up past a, a like chicken farm and stuff. I love it. It's my favourite. <laughs> so is it quite trailing? Yeah, a bit of trail, a bit of path, river, like it's got a bit of everything. I she's love run, it. She's run all over the bloody world in the last two years in Pix Livingston. I did not see that coming. <laughs> That's a turn up for the books. I, I love it because I, I can just get out and it's there and it's like it has got a bit of everything, like a bit of river and yeah, there's some hills and a bit of path. I run through the park. Like, yeah, it's my it's like clears my head every time. I love it. Uh, proudest running moment. Probably Loch Ness 24. Worst running or race experience? Yeah, the Manchester Marathon, kilometre one, I think I did in like four minutes, 15. And I was like, yeah, I can keep this pace up. <laughs> Quite quickly realised, no, I absolutely cannot do that. Like, And it just went Mistakes downhill, were made. <laughs> downhill for the next 41 kilometres after that. And yeah, like having to take my brow off halfway through that say- run, like... Yeah, just it, that whole thing was a disaster. Like how I managed to run three trees, I'll never know. It's very impressive. Go to race nutrition. So what would you, what's your go-to? Probably um, science and sport gels. Uh, 
yeah, bit of an oaty bar, something like that. Nothing crazy. And for ultras, chicken super noodles. Chicken super noodles all the way. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say just a diet of chaos and hope because that seems to be how you yeah. really go about most races. Chaos, <laughs> hope, some chips, a pizza you've had to wait two and a half hours for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Finally tuned athletes over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of coffee. No fags anymore. Um, yeah, lots of coffee though, for sure. It's so boring, Sophie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if you could run alongside yourself as a beginner runner, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, stop worrying what you look like. <laughs> One inspirational Insta profile that you never skip by. Uh, probably Elsie Davis. Who's that? I don't know who that is. I'm going to write that down. Elsie Davis won... Um, like the winter bob graham round um she is a trail runner she's also quite a fast marathon runner as well um but yeah she she does a lot of running in like the lake district and stuff and um, she's she's incredible she's really strong really fast nice always like a new person to follow yeah and get on that one run with or without music uh both yeah, so I'm do you both. train with music and race without or is it really just a mix depending on what you're uh depends on my headspace i love going out and just like hearing nature noises rivers like stuff like that mm-hmm. it depends if i'm if i'm in the hills and stuff i probably wouldn't have music but if i was doing an interval session yeah 100 percent. i've got i've got some heavy stuff on favorite park run do you do park? Oh. I do a bit of park run. I'm not. I'm not very good at being sociable. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I'm quite an awkward person. You're better person, than you think, like... Sophie. You're better than you think. You just don't really put yourself in the position. No, I'm quite an awkward person, and I'm a bit weird. So like, I am aware of that. So I just pull back a little bit. Um, so I've not done loads of park runs. I've done one in Cardiff, and then I've done Livingston a few times. Um, but I really like the look of the one up at Winchborough. I'd like to go to that one. Um, but yeah, I'll just say I'll say Cardiff because Livingston's definitely not my favourite. <laughs> I'm going to say in Sophie's defence, if you meet her, go talk to her. She's not as weird as she's making out. Most of that's in her head. She's absolutely fine. She's relatively normal. For a runner, she's absolutely normal. Right. Uh, best tip to get out of the door to run when your motivation is low. Uh, it's just remembering that every single person, even the people who are like professional runners, will still have that moment of procrastination and you never, ever regret a run. And finally, finish the sentence. I press play and run because... Because I like it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's better than smoking facts. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's better than drinking wine. <laughs> Doesn't need to be profound. Liking it is more than enough of a reason. Yeah, I just like it. Yeah. Sophie, last order of business in the podcast is always to give us your running track for the Press Play and Run playlist that sits on Spotify, now also sits on Apple Music. We'll share the link in the episode description to both so that you can get them whatever platform you listen on. This would normally be a track that stays in your rotation for that sort of um, gets you through the hard yards bit when, when you're in that interval session or you're in the hard yards of a marathon or whatever it is. So what will it be? I have picked the Foo Fighters, The Pretender. It came on Smart Shuffle on that second half marathon that I did and the, just the lyrics spoke to me. And I think they can mean different things to different people. But yeah, I talked a bit about like imposter syndrome and all that kind of thing and like feeling like I'm not a real runner. And yeah, that song just kicked my butt and just like really like gave me the drive to to keep going. 
absolute banger, good band, good addition to the playlist. I'm always so pleased when it's something I know I like myself. So the, <laughs> the, the playlist has steadily gotten better and that, that's definitely going to add something to it. Last thing from us, Sophie, is just to say thank you. Um, also, obviously, sorry for your time first, but also we touched on a couple of things there that will be difficult for you to speak about, I've got no doubt. And for some people it might be difficult, but also reassuring to hear. So we know from experience of doing this podcast, just how far that goes when a guest is brave enough or open enough to talk about things that go beyond the surface level. So thank you for that. We don't underestimate it. And I really do look forward to seeing what you do. You're not as weird as you think. Keep connecting with people. Keep putting yourself <laughs> in those spaces because you add a lot to any room that you're in and you've been a great help to, to me anytime I've ever asked for any support. So thank you for everything that you do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, do you know what? Like, I think let's all just give the time we have more life. Absolutely. Uh, Perfect note to end on. Thank you, Sophie. Thanks, Alison. Thank you. Thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run Podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, press play and run. <laughs>